Welcome back, you guys. So I am super excited to be here, as always. You know, Sober Sessions podcast is a podcast where we live purpose, no longer pain. And I am so excited to have this guest because she is truly an example of that. You know, Lori Mastercott is a sober advocate. She's a lifestyle coach. She's a podcaster. And she is just changing the lives of so many women around the world. And as I said, she's a true example of not living in pain, but purpose. She took her story, she took initiative, she took action. And I tell you, when you guys hear her story, you're gonna be blown away. Uh, she teaches from a place of from 50 and beyond. That is her target market. And I tell you, I did not know uh, Lori personally, but I got to meet her. Um, discovered her on, on uh, Facebook, I'm sorry, on Instagram. And because of that, I was so drawn to her. So yeah, we've had multiple conversations. Although you hear me say on the podcast, this is our first encounter. It's really not. Um, but we've had multiple conversations. I long for the opportunity to meet her in person because she has such a beautiful spirit. And I know that you guys will get so much information, not just information, you'll take action from this episode. So I cannot wait for you guys to get a greater understanding, a deeper understanding of yourselves and her story because it will definitely impact your lives, as I said, for you to take action. Welcome to the Sober Sessions Podcast, where I am your host, Connie McMillan, aka the Sobriety Queen, coach, and author. On this podcast, we help kings and queens live purpose no longer pain. We interview kings and queens around the globe so that you can hear their real life stories to see just how your life too can be transformed. So let's jump on into the episode. Let's jump right in, Queen Lori. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is our third encounter, actually. Yeah, she just blew me up, y'all. She's right, though. <laughs> she's right. She's right. You're right. You're right. Go yeah. ahead. Tell all the business. It's our third encounter. We're gonna. This is our third date. We're gonna have some fun together because, uh, well, I have to tell that you're just on my podcast, so you have to yeah. check that out because that yeah. was amazing. We just got off of that. No, but and I'm so happy to connect with you. You know that I love you, and I saw you on Instagram doing a workout one day, and I said, "What? How do I? How do we not know each other?" <laughs> well, I love you too. Absolutely. Uh, that's Movement Mondays, you guys. That's what she's referring to. If you don't know about that, make sure you catch me every Monday um, before 11 a.m. I can say that freely. It might even be earlier than that. But either way, I'm over there on Instagram and you can see me there. But back to you, Queen. Yes, we just did a podcast. Uh, you guys, make sure you check out to 50 and beyond. Who comes up? Like, where did that start from? Like, what made you? Let's, let's back up. Give us the story that is tied and connected to Lori Mascot. Oh, wow. It goes back to 1967 when I was born in Long Beach, California. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, actually, 250 and beyond, it is, uh, I get asked that very often. It was an anonymous Instagram I, account I started in 2015. 
because I wanted to get on social media and I wanted to start talking about exercise and I was doing a whole 30, which is uh, an elimination diet. And I got on social media at, you know, I was only on Instagram and Facebook, but I was only on Instagram following like celebrities. I didn't know that your average gal was on there talking about life and sharing Uh their stuff. I really didn't. I didn't know anything about hashtags. And so I started just opening up. I mean, my first post was the scale, was the number on the scale, because I really wanted to challenge myself to get in the best shape of my life before I turned 50. Uh-huh. And I went uh, years and years and years, decades and decades of being sedentary, being very inconsistent, up and down with my weight. Um, my body, body image has been always a huge hurdle for me. So I thought, I'm going to put it out there for the first time in my life, but nobody's going to know that it's my account. And so I started 250 and beyond. I think it came to me in the shower, which where most of my thoughts come from. Uh, and that was it. I was on a mission. And then what happened... Uh, I started really searching these hashtags and having fun on Instagram. And then I started meeting other people who were talking about sobriety. And at that point, I was almost two years sober. And I thought, people are actually talking about not drinking anymore and sharing their stories. Should I do it? And it was like, should I do it? Should I do it? And I, I can't remember how long it took me, maybe a month, maybe two months. And I did it. I posted that first post my coming out story (laughs) and it was super scary and you know I just told it like it was because I really wanted at that point to have freedom Mm. from all of the shame and all of the guilt and uh it felt so good and it was so scary uh but you know it's it's always amazing to me when I think back at that and think that my everything that I'm doing now the coaching the podcast Mm-hmm. talking to you started from Instagram. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's how 250 and beyond came about. And then I just decided, you know what, I'm going with it for the podcast. And, uh, so that's why I'm here. You know, I drank for 30 years and I finally realized at 45, this is not how I can live an age and, right. and be kind to myself. I, there's no kindness in my life. There was no love for Lori. There was just a lot of, a lot of misery. And I was going through perimenopause at the time. So the reason why I do help women over 40, uh, is because, you know, my favorite thing to say, kind of my tagline that I'm developing is we don't drink like we used to, and alcohol doesn't affect us like it used to. Right. Right. And we got to start changing things up. So I know the struggles of that, our age generation. And uh, it's just something that I, it didn't even have to think about. This is awesome. I'm telling you, I told you guys, like, you have no idea, but we just dived in. We ain't even touched the surface yet. Uh, We just touched the surface. We have so much to talk about. So, um, you know, I wanted to go back to, like you said, you questioned, you kind of wavered. If I should, you know, you recognize that people were talking about sobriety, you could understand and relate to that, but you wavered. It was that little moment, that little window um, of hesitation, if you will, that you could have stayed in that and allowed fear to be your biggest cheerleader, right? But really not supporting you at all, <laughs> really take it away from you. And you decided to dive in. So you went from now viewing celebrities as, you know, as you're being the cheerleaders for celebrity to becoming the cheerleader 
for yourself and others. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? Like, how do you, how do you look at yourself now and say like, wow, I actually did this. Like, what has been some of your, here's a better question. What's been some of the feedback? You know, you're sharing that with me. I can only imagine with, you know, that group of women, because I do have that audience on this podcast. I can only imagine what they're hearing right now. So what has that been for you? What has been some of the feedback you've got? You mean as far as like the age group? Yes. 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 Uh, you know, I, I mean, a lot of women are doing the same thing now. And it's been really fun to meet like you. I mean, you know, just to all of us come together as a community and realize that this is not just for younger kids. This is us forging the way for our younger generation and standing up and saying, you can choose something else. You can start talking about the things that you feel so embarrassed about and so abnormal and, you know, alone in. And I feel like, you know, now when I started doing it back in 2015, no, there wasn't a lot as far as over 40, but there are several women who I connected with and men right away in that sober community that are still my friends today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what happens then is you start meeting people in real life. You start having conversations in real life with the sober community. So Mm -hmm. I'm always honored to be just a small part of it. Um, but you know, I think feedback as far as the reason why I had an anonymous name and I didn't come out and say Lori Massacott was because my friends were there and these are friends that I drank with and I started drinking at 14. So a lot of my friends are friends from high school Uh and I didn't want anybody's opinion. I didn't want the judgment. And so it took me a really long time to really step into owning it. Um, and then I started the podcast in 2018, just going into that with, I'm going to talk about a midlife. I'm going to talk about all of the things that even though my friends are really close, we keep it very surface. You know, it's not going down deep. We're not talking about perimenopause. Mm -hmm. When I started going through it, my friends were saying, well, I think you're too young because it was early forties. I think you're too young and oh my gosh, no, I'm not experiencing that. So immediately when somebody rejects how you feel, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't in a, a nasty way, you feel, I am so weird. I am so abnormal. And my self-talk for a long, long time, most of my life was you're a loser. Mm. You're not like everybody else. I wanted to start drinking at 14 so I could fit in. I could be social. Wow. I was very, very shy. I still am. You know, and I always thought that that was bad. And so, you know, um, I didn't get <laughs> I didn't get a lot of feedback from people. You know, I didn't get a lot of feedback from close friends. I really I've I've struggled with this since I got on Instagram. It's very hard for me now. It's gotten so much easier. But right. for years, I thought, well, I don't want to post. I don't want them to see it. But then I'm also not going to block anybody because that's not my style uh, off my Instagram. So it's been a struggle and I realize how hard it is for women to do it. And the feedback that I get from other people who listen to the podcast, very, they're, they're inspired by it. And I always tell them on the podcast, I always say, if there's something that you want to do and you want accountability, you want support and you want to meet other people who are aligned with you and on that same path. So you stop trying to fit in with everybody get on Instagram, start off if you don't feel comfortable and do an anonymous account 
where you can post freely and it opens you up. I, I will always sing the praises of that. And I have several women that I work with and who are in my group coaching program, Elevate, who have done that. And I watch them, they come through my feed and I'm like, yes, yes. It's, you know, they're getting it out. They're sharing themselves until they're comfortable with doing it maybe more publicly. And for me, I think it was just a few months because I started to feel like I've hid myself for so long who I truly am. And we know, Connie, if you're going to change your life, you've got to, you've got to challenge yourself. You've got to step out of that nice little box that we're in and just go, here I am because there's nothing wrong with me. And, you know, that's what I did. So, yeah, it's, you know, the the blessing of social media, even though I got to take my breaks, I'm not on there all the time. uh, I'll always sing the praises of it. So, but see, and all that I heard, like you said, you're being anonymous, right? There was the blessing in your being anonymous because what I heard was that it allowed you to be you, right? So it wasn't that you were being secretive. It was really more so so that you could be focused. You could share more of yourself without the distractions. So that's a good thing, you know, where some people are like, we are consumed by what our friends think and what they, you know, what they've got to say. However, there's, we're all walking around with fear of something, right? There's something, it doesn't matter what it is. So the fact that you were able to step into this zone and say, I'm just gonna block my name for now, I'll get over that hump eventually. And now you're at the place where you've gotten over it and you got your girls in the Elevate community <laughs> about, um, I can do this too. That's powerful. That's powerful. It is, because I don't think that we have to hold ourselves back from doing something, maybe a little bit of shift like that, just an anonymous Instagram account. Maybe it doesn't sound like a big deal, but it was a big deal for me. It was a big deal to post the number on the scale. And for some reason back then, now I could care less what the scale says, but back then, that was my driver, you know, that was what was going to motivate me. And when I did it, I thought, oh my gosh, like maybe five people liked it. I had no idea. I had no idea. You know, there was no hashtags back then. I still am very lazy with the hashtags, but you know, people were starting to, you know, come to my account and then I started meeting people and then you build up that confidence when you step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That's the only time you can do it is to change things up. So Whatever way. And, you know, when I got sober, I um, I didn't want to go to AA. That was the only option that I knew of back then. And now we know I wasn't educated. I wasn't educated on that at all. You know, I questioned, am I an alcoholic for a good two years before I quit drinking? Um, and then I realized, I, I always say, it just it didn't matter anymore. <laughs> and I still, you know, you don't have to put a label on your drinking. You're not a label. You are a, a woman or a man right. who's wanting something better with your life. That's right. And I just, like, had this epiphany one night when I was sitting on the couch watching Lifetime all alone. And I had my Chardonnay chilling. <laughs> there, was, there was one already open. There was one on deck. That's how I had two bottles. I was very strategic at the end of my drinking with with drinking because I could only drink like three days a week because the perimenopause was taking me under. And so it was very much binging. Um, my husband and son were camping and I, for some reason, you know, uh, had this sign. Now I know that it's God. And it just came down and said, you've had enough. Like there's, there's no more. You, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't have any more. And I poured, I opened the second bottle and that's when I knew I wasn't messing around because I wasn't buying the cheap stuff. And I poured it down the sink. And I stood there crying like a baby, but my life's over, but I can't do this anymore. And I was so wrong about that. My life had just 
kicked off. That is phenomenal. Like how your whole life just took a whole turn, you know, going from, as you said, dealing with the weight and judging yourself in that to becoming this person to say like, you know, I really just don't care what anybody thinks. That's really what you get to eventually get into this abstaining. And then you put down this bottle, understanding that it's just not serving you, not mentally, not physically, and definitely not even through your family. So then how does that transform into you now being an advocate, a lifestyle coach, you know, now being a voice for a particular queens and, and kings, we can't leave you guys out, right? <laughs> um, to 50 and beyond. How does that transform? How does that even come about? Did the blog come first? Or did you, you know, share more of your story on Instagram? And then you, how does that happen? Yeah, it was Instagram. Um, definitely. It was Instagram. I started really getting into fitness and nutrition. I signed up to be a team Beachbody coach. If you know what Beachbody is, yes, their programs. I yes. uh, always will sing the praises of Beachbody because I went through, you know, like training programs with them and I started doing the workouts and really being consistent with that because exercise was my go-to. When I stopped drinking, I went, I got a gym membership. Um, but I didn't know what to do. I was uneducated there too. I didn't know. And my body, um, I've gone from, you know, probably 70 pounds heavier than I am today on and off. Um, mm -hmm. For And so, you know, we got the 45-year-old loose skin and, you know, mm -hmm. I just was not feeling confident in myself. And I thought, right. how can I change my body up? And being on Instagram led me to Beachbody. And then it just has taken this flow of really getting out and I started to become obsessed with listening to podcasts and so I just thought one day I will have a podcast I, I know that I will and in 2017 I was interviewed on the unruffled podcast for the first time with uh, Tammy and Sandra Tammy Salas and Sandra Primo mm -hmm. and I said on that podcast in the interview because I was so nervous I said well I'm gonna have my own podcast in 2018 and so for you know when you say something <laughs> on a podcast, yes. you got to follow, follow through. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I did it, and you know, from there, I, I love podcasting. I love it so much. Yeah, me too. Like, look at us. We're just talking <laughs> and getting to know each other, and then we're helping other people. And and you know, it's just it's there's nothing but good that comes out of it. Absolutely. And and I think that you know, um, it's just completely changed my life. Wow, wow. And see, this is so inspiring because we we have to understand that, you know, we're not who we think we are, right? We think we are what's attached to the bottle. Like, you know, you're masking your pain through alcohol because I've done it. We think that we are the shame that comes from the drinking in the alcohol, right? We think that we are who people said we are because sometimes that's the issue too, right? We've been just bombarded with so much negativity but when the fact is, is that when you open up yourself to a new opportunity, new experience, that's when you find out who you really are. And Lori is a great testament to that. And that is something, that's why I bring on guests, you guys, because I need for you all to understand that, listen, nobody just gets to this place overnight. It's a process. But when you take the first step, oh my God. That is such a new, it's like an awakening. I read this book once before and I, I think I want to, I don't even want to mess up the author. I'm not even going to try to go there. Um, but it's called Broken Open. That's what I think society oh. does. Mm -hmm. It breaks you open. What would you say? Definitely. You don't even know. 
until you try it. And I know that it's scary. So if you're listening and you're thinking, yeah, it's scary or I've tried it, you just keep pushing because, you know, you got to push through to get to the other side of anything that you want. And that is so big and so hard. Like, I will never say that getting sober was easy for me. It sucked. It was hard. Um, You know, I was not, if you're saying I don't have any discipline or willpower, no, I had none. I had none. There was nothing to do with that. What I was really starting to do was scare myself into the fact of I'm going to be 75 (laughs) and three bottles isn't going to be enough. So when I heard that message, you know, you've had enough. And then I started to really challenge myself. Uh, it was never going to be enough because, you know, two bottles of wine in one night, it's a lot. It's a lot. And and so is, depending on what you're drinking, too. Like, I was drinking the hard stuff. You were drinking wine, honey. You're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. And I had a 12-year-old son at the time. And, you know, I was completely erasing myself. So really look at how much time you're spending, not only just drinking, but you're thinking about drinking, the after effects of drinking. Um, You know, for me, as I started to age, I started to realize, you know, like I said, it, it wasn't like it used to be. It became very depressing. I lost my mom in 2009 to cancer. I lost my dad when I was 11. So that kicked off the trauma. And, you know, I don't even think I I fully had grieved my dad. And, you know, then I lose my mom, who was just, you know, my queen. And, you know, it was just, it was traumatic. And so uh, it took me three years after that um, to really come to grips with, I have to do something else. I'm, I'm so sad. And I'm lashing out at my husband, who is like the nicest person you will ever meet and so supportive of me. Um, and I didn't want to be that, that gal anymore. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I have to go back to being so appreciative for the target market that you really are helping. Because again, we have a huge community. I am so appreciative for the sobriety community. Um, you know, years ago there was such, it's not as much, I don't see, um, the stigmatized as far as when you say you're sober. Whereas before, long ago, it was like, you said you were sober. It was like, you might as well said you robbed a bank. And it was just crazy. And so everybody wants to belong. That's just the fact. We all want to belong somewhere. So the fact that, you know, you have created a space to not just say like, you know, you're sober, yay. But you've created a space where, you know, there are queens that maybe there are, you know, Mothers, no children, no, 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 not a mother at all, uh, but maybe they're grandmothers, you know, maybe they're just at a place where they felt like they didn't belong. There's nobody talking to me specifically. You now have created that space. And this is the reason, not just created it, but you're actually showing evidence of what happens in this space. Because I think that, you know, listen, this is just before I even say what I think. What are your thoughts? You said you didn't do it the AA route. Neither did I. So what are your thoughts regarding, you know, why maybe AA appeared for so long to be the only way, right? What are your thoughts about, you know, everybody being batched together in a church or wherever they have their meetings at? What are your thoughts? And, 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 and you know, this is no, we're not bashing AA. I don't want anybody to think that. I'm just getting her view and then I'll express mine. 
Oh, I'll be really honest. And I have a lot of friends who are in AA and they're, you know, they're having success with it and it works for them. You have to find something that will work for you at that time. In my honesty, um, I was never going to talk about it with anybody. I was going to take it to my grave. Nobody was ever going to know just my close inner circle. And even then in the beginning, I was very, "Uh, I'm just going to take a break. They didn't need to know because I didn't know. I had no, I had no trust in myself. So I just continued to blow my mind every single day that I was sticking with it. Um, but I could not imagine going to a room and standing up and saying, I- I'm an alcoholic. Because you know what? I didn't want to accept it. And you know what? I still, like I said about labels, you know, on paper, yes, I could take that quiz. And every time, like, yes, you need right. to get to a doctor soon. I mean, you know, you need help, right? And not making light of anything, but it wasn't for me. And, you know, um, there's a lot of judgment out there as far as if you don't go to AA, you know, with the term dry drunk, that you're not working through your own, your own, yeah, I mean, your own, your own steps, you know, you just create something for you. And like I said, for me, one, one thing I didn't mention is I journaled heavily starting in May of 2013, because I was tracking my perimenopause, I was having all of the problems I had every single perimenopause symptom that they talk about plus and you know i felt horrible i felt like i was googling is this perimenopause or am i dying so i started writing in a journal Mm -hmm. how i was feeling i was tracking my cycles i was tracking my headaches i was tracking my boob pain i was tracking all of it and then i started writing notes to myself and this journal is my most prized possession note number one Lori, why are you drinking so much what is happening and it was the first time i started to question it because i was actually putting pen to paper so for me journaling is key in my recovery yeah exercise support community talking to women like connie and talking to other women and letting we all need to come together and and the men and say you know we're not in this alone my goodness we're human right and um of course meditating and just being really kind and sleeping a lot and i i do a lot of i call it music therapy i listen to music constantly um i dance i'm very silly i'm i am that person i was all of my life i'm magnified without the alcohol and i always thought that i needed alcohol to be me that was so wrong. Everybody is about that. Right. You, you answered one of the great questions because I was literally going to ask, you know, what are some suggestions you would give to a queen that is new on their journey or considering their journey, you know, that meets your target market? But you already answered that question. Uh, just to be even um, to keep my own word, as I said, um, for me. AA was not an option either. That was exactly it. Um, I knew if I was going to tell my business, I was going to tell it to God. And that was just that. Um, You know, again, no bashing of AA. That's not what I do here whatsoever. It has worked. It has been around for many, many years. It has worked for a lot of people. So kudos and God bless those it has worked for. Um, I think it's important, as Lori has said, you know, you got to know what works for you, you know. Um, But you got to try something. That's the bottom line. I think the toolkit you gave, that was to me a toolkit, you know, what you just laid out, you know, Um, being able to have your support system, being able, you know, um, to be just just have that journal. That's key. Writing out your thoughts. That's a toolkit. Um, So what I would just say is what's one thing that has impacted your life 
and that you'd like to share here for that queen that's listening? What's one thing or, or two things that you'd like to share? Uh, as far as since I've gotten sober. Since you've gotten sober, yes, ma'am. Well, the, the podcast, definitely, because that's where women reach out to me. I get emails almost daily from other women. And what I will say is, um, you know, whenever you share your story, we hear the word influencers. Um, you know, if you like that word or not, I don't use it, but you're influenced by the person that, you know, your friends and, and your family. So whenever you start sharing what is working for you, then you get that influence going and you do make a big impact in other people's lives because they'll try it and maybe it'll work for them. And if not, they'll try something else, but it's like that chain reaction. And for me with this beautiful generation, um, it's tough. And a lot of women are set in their ways. A lot of women have done this for a really long time. Um, and they don't want to tap into that self-awareness. So even saying journaling, it's hard because you're looking at your thoughts. You're, you're actually being truthful to yourself first. So I think the biggest impact for me was that journal and really just being honest with myself because, you know, I used to keep a diary in the seventies, but, um, you know, just having a journal as a midlife woman who is on the brink of a breakdown, who is still grieving, the loss of her mom um, and very, very overweight, very overweight mentally more than physically. Um, again, I had a great husband. I have a great husband. Uh, we've been together for 23 years. I have a wonderful son yeah. and, you know, <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. And so I had to tap into the impact that I could make in my own life by just really pouring that wine. That's another one, pouring the wine down. It was very dramatic. Yeah. It was very dramatic. Dramatic yeah. and powerful. That was, yeah. you took action. So that's- I took action. That's love to get that. So um, before we go, I've got two questions that I want to ask. I guess we'll just call them almost like the sign off questions, right? So fill in the blanks. And this is something new, guys, that I'm doing. So from this point on, you'll hear these questions from each of the guests that will be interviewed. So my name is, you'll say what your name is, and the truth about sobriety to me is blank. So my name is, fill in the blank. <laughs> I love this. I'm like getting my pen out. I have to write the notes so it's down, so it's, down. My name it's is easy. blank, and the truth about sobriety to me is blank. Oh, my name is Lori, and the truth about sobriety is freedom, authenticity. It is, um, it's a gift. It's, it's joy. It's, I could go on and on and on. It's joy. It's beauty. It's, it's love for myself. And uh, it is that freedom, though. That's the first word that came to me. I love that. I love that. And then the last question is, what's one book that you've read, be it in the sobriety or not, that has impacted your life the most? Oh gosh, well, when I first got sober, I didn't know blogs, I wasn't on social media. I read Drinking a Love Story by Caroline Knapp. Um, that is a memoir and she has since passed. It's just a beautiful story and I've read it. I haven't read it this year, but I try to read it once a year. And the book that I work with my uh, clients on is called Atomic Habits by James Clear because so much of what we do in sobriety and recovery is building new habits and behaviors. And that book, I just think it's fantastic. I use it as like a study guide um, because it teaches you how to 
create new actions to get different results when you get the cue and then the trigger. And that's what we got to do every single day. You got to just not take that first step and or first sip. I call it the first sip. Mm -hmm. And you don't get that to your lips. You don't put the glass to your lips. You do something else. And so Atomic Habits really teaches you how to create new habits, new behaviors. And a lot of women coming into sobriety, um, you know, they ask them, what, what's self-care to you? What do you do for self-care? I don't know. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to grab that book myself. I've never oh, read definitely. That, so I'm definitely going to grab that. So, Lori, I want to say thank you so much for being here on the Sober Sessions podcast. Let the queens know where they can follow you. What's up next? Give them all the business. <laughs> uh, you can go to lauriemassacott.com. Find all of the business there. Uh, I have a group coaching program called Elevate. That is for women over 40. And then I do private coaching. And then the podcast, 250 and Beyond, that is everywhere you listen to podcasts. And then you can come and say hello to me on Instagram. Thank you again, Lori. It was so great chatting with you. Of course, you guys, again, make sure you follow her. She's amazing. Thank you, Connie. Thank you, Connie. I appreciate you so much. I love the work that you are doing here, and uh, we're going to be lifelong friends. So thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you, everybody, for listening, too. Wasn't that episode absolutely amazing? I hope that you have found something of value that you can apply in your life. And just take this necessary steps that you need to take to propel your life to the next level. I know that you can do it. Why? Because you deserve it. Also, if you haven't gotten my book, make sure that you grab hold to it, Alcohol Fiend to Sobriety Queen. All the information will be in the show notes. Lastly, make sure you like, comment, and share this week's episode. Share it with your family, with a friend, just someone in conversation. You never know just how much you can contribute to somebody else's resolve in life. Thank you so much for listening.